DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in Big T, Thurl Bailey, AT&T Sportsnet Utah Jazz Analyst. Thurl, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing? I don't know if I'm just excited or stir crazy. Probably a little bit. Probably a little bit of both. Have you got yeah. now? Now you've sent the kids away to college sports. You got a daughter who went out and played college volleyball, and the son went and played college basketball. Have you got everybody at home? Do they stay out? How, how's that working out? No, everybody's at home. Uh, even my my volleyball daughter, who has her own place here, for a while she just moved in with us. It was uh, it was a whole family every night, which you know, which was really nice for me. You know, I just I enjoyed that part of it. Um, for about two weeks, <laughs> and and then after you go through every board game and card game, it's like okay, this is um, we need a little break in the routine here. But it's been really good, I mean, on the, on that side of things. But uh, like everybody else, you know, you try your best to kind of do your part in this whole thing. Uh, my question for you is, can a player be unintentionally dirty? Unintentionally dirty? No. Yes. No, I don't. Uh, you mean literally? <laughs> you mean as far as cheating? He commits a foul uh, that is a dirty foul, but he didn't oh, intend oh. to do it. It just happened. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And if you're smart about it, all of them are that way. <laughs> well, then you're dirty. <laughs> well, but nobody knows that but you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all unintentional. That's how you spell it. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I, I think if there's a pattern, there's a little less chance of getting away with it. So Rex, wow, Cha- you know somebody like that. Well, Rex Chapman has a tweet out, and of course we're all watching the Last Dance because there's no games on. So we're watching yeah. Last Dance and all the Jordan stuff, and of course, obviously, they just did the whole thing on the Bad Boys. And then Rex, Rex Chapman, who was a star at Kentucky, is kind of a role guy in the NBA, not a big star in the NBA, but he's a star at Kentucky, and now he's dominating Twitter. He's got all just all these videos. They're crazy, they're funny, they're goofy, whatever. And he puts them out there, and so he's got a ton of followers. So he collects all these followers with the videos, and then he comes back with the basketball take, which he doesn't usually do, and says that the Jazz uh, were as dirty as the Pistons. They just weren't labeled that way. And so that's kind of what started this whole discussion. So as someone who played in the rough-and-tumble uh, late 80s and early 90s when the game was refereed very differently than it is now, how much did the Pistons in the famous words of PK, <laughs> you off with the way they uh, hammered people all the time. Oh, they, they pissed you off even before you started playing because you knew what to expect, right? Because, um, and I'm, I wasn't ever one to complain because that's the way things were. I mean, you were allowed to be physical and you, you, you went into the game knowing that. Now, don't get me wrong. They were dirty. They they lived up to the reputation. They had to, right? And so they took it as far as the officials or the league would let them take it. I mean, obviously you couldn't get away with that 
now some of those plays would, would get you kicked out of the game. Um, but uh, the Jazz were no near, nowhere near on, on a consistent basis as dirty as that. The Jazz were physical teams, right? They wouldn't take any crap. But the blatant, you know, coming down on your head, pulling you out of the, the, the air, I mean, those, those things didn't happen. And the jury always talked to us about, listen, we're not going out to hurt anybody, but we're going to let them know we're there. So I think there's a difference there. The Pistons were intentional, for sure. Um, but I think the Jazz were just physical. I mean, there's a line that I don't think really was ever crossed. And if it was, it wasn't really intentional. It was to send a message. Um, but the Pistons, that was their message. So the uh, I, I said earlier in the show, and I, I find this to be true, that uh, the Pistons were the dirtiest team I ever saw play, and I don't think it was close. And we've had some listeners point out that, well, they, they embraced it, and then at times they even promoted it. And, you know, from an intimidation standpoint, when you're trying to win a game and get to the finals and get back, you know, win another title, you know, the, the intimidation factor is important, so it can't be underestimated. So I get all of that, but I think it's a wide margin to the next dirtiest team I saw, which I think, I don't know that anyone started more brawls than Pat Riley's Knicks. My gosh, they always seem to be in the middle of it with some team. Um, yeah, I agree. Am, am, I, yeah, am I remembering that right? Yes, you are. Yeah, you are. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at the Pistons, heck, they won championships, right, yeah. with it. Yep. And, and so if it ain't broke, why, why fix it? That's, those are the kind of guys they wanted. Um, and I think there were other teams that tried to, to develop some of that physicality, not to the point that it was it was dirty, but it worked for them. And you can't dispute the fact that um, you know they they did well. So, have you seen anything in the Jordan documentary? I'm assuming you've watched it because you're tired of the board games and the card games. Have you seen anything in the Last Dance documentary that really surprised you, or is it just a few quotes here and a few glimpses behind the scenes there? I, I've seen a couple things, and I'll tell you what they are, but I want to hear yours first before I. Well, I, I think it's awesome. And the reason that I would watch it, regardless of what's on, is the perspective, right? Michael Jordan's perspective. And so, um, and, and, you know, and, and Phil Jackson's, but mostly Michael Jordan's perspective on things that you wonder if they were true or how they came about or if it was just rumor. I mean, he's putting that to rest right there. It was his team. It's coming from his mouth. Um, and, and so that's what I enjoy, the honesty of it, uh, and also a, a look inside the actual journey it's been amazing, amazing to watch. So as I look at this uh, documentary and watch all the different things that are said and, and done and all that, two things have jumped out of me. I was surprised that when they read the Bulls Traveling Cocaine Circus headline to Jordan, <laughs> that he decided to share his story. Um a poker face response that ended up hitting the cutting room floor because it just wasn't any good would have been my first expectation. A second one, him laughing but then just shaking his head and not commenting, that would have made the show. But instead he told a pretty specific story 
But I think given against the backdrop of that era, nothing that was really all that surprising either. No, I mean, that's that's another one of those things where, you know, if you're on the outside, you're saying, um, that, I'm sure that probably goes on. It probably happens. you got players with all this money, and it's an era. Uh, it, you know, it's in that era. So he just confirmed it, right? I mean, especially with that. He didn't name any names, but you, know, you can go back and look at the roster and 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 you know and and make your own assumptions, but uh, and I, I think that's what I liked about it. He, he was honest about it, but it wasn't like he, you know, name name names. So I think, and, uh, it, was part, and okay. it was part of his maturity, and that, that's that was the reason for the story. And here he was, this rookie coming into this scene. Right, and yeah. he had a choice. Right, he could have joined them, or he could have done did what he did. And so, it's about you know, guys at that level, um, you know, making choices. And I don't think I ever remember Michael Jordan being mentioned or caught up in some kind of a, you know, rumor about drugs or anything like that. So I think it was important for this to be told the way he he told it because of how he was trying to develop as being the great Michael Jordan. Were you surprised that the Bulls are still so openly angry with the Pistons? I mean, the, the profanity-laced responses from Jordan and Horace Grant. A, on one hand, I find them hilarious. I don't know why. Possibly it's my personal immaturity. Um but also the fact that, that that just kind of breaks the code. You know, as a media guy, and you know as an athlete, and then an athlete who later on is asking questions sometimes in itself, you know, there's some things you're just not supposed to say. And those are two things you're not supposed to say. And those guys, they knew where the camera was, they knew where the mic was, and they blurted it out with gusto and swore on top of that just to make sure you knew they were disgusted. Yeah, I mean... Uh... You look at that whole series, right, and that whole that that, that competitive era um, that really kept Michael and his team from from getting that championship. He knew that that was that was really uh, the hill, the battle they needed to fight to get to where they wanted. They had to go through those guys, um, and obviously the the walking off without shaking the hand. That's that's a code right there that uh, is is unforgivable in ways. Um, you know whether you know whether you you're trying to set something up for the future or whatever. But yeah, you could see that they were visited, especially Michael. Uh, <laughs> I love the part where they were showing him the Isaiah um, interview about the situation, and Mike was like, "No, nah, I don't want it. Nothing that he could say." There's nothing that he could say that would excuse what happened there. And I think he's right. So so to me, and I get why they did it, because this happened, uh, you know, the kind of 89, 90, 91, as they meet in the playoffs every year. It happened before the Dream Team. But, right. Yes. <laughs> but they got to, I'll be really disappointed if they don't address this a little bit, which I think is going to take them back to the All-Star Game freeze-out allegedly. Uh, and so 
to kind of get where this all came from. And did it come from something else? Was this something other than the All-Star Game freeze-out? As someone who played in that era and players talked, where do you think it came from? Well, I read something where John Sally said that it all started with Isaiah. I guess he had a nephew or something or that was wearing a Michael Jordan jersey, and he got, all, he got on him, and his nephew said, well, you know, that's my guy. I love Michael Jordan. That's my team. And and Isaiah was really pissed. And from that time on, it was kind of a disrespect. I don't know whether that's true or not, um, whether it stemmed for something, from something earlier. Who knows? Maybe they will address it. Maybe they won't. Um, but I think the bottom line is there's there's something that was there and will always be there to a certain extent. Um, and I think Isaiah's interview... You know, he tried to skim over it a little bit, never really addressed it. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I thought I read or, or saw an interview or something where he kind of said that he regretted it and would have done it differently. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't know if it started from something earlier, but I, I, I'm not sure I see. Because even in the losses early on, I mean, Jordan, you, you see Jordan hugging Isaiah. Nice job, guys. You guys beat us. We'll see you again. Um, but that particular game was different. So I don't know if there's something. I think it, I, I have to guess it was that particular moment that just fueled it and and uh, and really started some rage. I'm curious about your perspective. I want to change gears here a little bit. I'm curious about your perspective on uh, college athletes transferring. Uh, because you played, but you played in a very different era. Your kids have played in an era where transferring is more common. And I think there's an overwhelming perception out there that too many kids are transferring. They ought to stay where they are and grind their way through it and, and try to reach for the goal. And, and that's out there. But for the handful of kids who do transfer in college, which may not be all that different from bouncing around on AAU teams or high school teams, because that happens too. For the handful who are going to go to the pros, does that prepare them for the way coaches change teams in the pros and not so much in Utah? We know the story here. But a lot of franchises go through a lot of coaches, and players are going to bounce around in their career. You had a pretty good run. You know, we talk about pace, pace – Pace Mannion, who we both know pretty well, had to play for five teams in seven years. Is there something to be said for that, or am I reaching? Well, uh, let's let's address the transferring thing. Um, I mean, what is it all about, really? Is it about control? Um, it, is it about coaches being able to to control what players do? Is it about the NCAA? Um, not giving a little more freedom to the players. I mean, there's so many arguments out there about, you know, why can't I have control over my own career? Coaches do. If they decide to leave and go to another school, like my first-year coach did at Norm Sloan, I, I played for my freshman season, and after that he left, I was devastated, right? Because uh, that's one of the reasons I went. Um, the other perspective is, this day and age is different, right? It's different now. What are, what are 
most of these kids' dreams is to play professional basketball, not necessarily the NBA. We know the top echelon kids are going to have a, a shot at that. But why can't a kid who's coming out of high school decide that, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different way. This is my ultimate goal, but this is a different journey that would take me there. Um, if I am unhappy at a school, I got all these promises, and, and yeah, I'm fighting for my job, but, you know, I'm, I'm only, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy in the city. I'm not happy for whatever reason. Why can't I make that move instead of being, and, and not be penalized for it? So there's some arguments on both sides. I mean, I'm not devaluing the value of, a, of an education because I got a great one at NC State in four years, but that's a different era. I mean, uh, uh, the, the, the American dream or the ultimate dream is different now. I mean, and sometimes college isn't part of that path. You can, you can go back and get your degree, but yeah, there, there's some things, I mean, the NCAA is a mess anyway. And I know they're supposed to be, you know, the committee is supposed to be voting on that one time transfer thing, hopefully in May. But, um, I think something has to happen. Is that the answer? I don't know, but I think there's some good arguments um, for it. Well, Big T, we've got uh, plenty more questions to delve into in this, but I think the way we're going, we're going to have plenty of time to delve into this, too. So uh, we'll do that <laughs> another time, kind of run its course here. But, hey, thanks for joining us for a few minutes, and uh, good luck with whatever card games or board games lie in your immediate future. Well, I appreciate it. I sent you a picture this morning of my – Morgan Freeman starter kit with my beard, and uh, I saw that. Have you have you sent a have you spent a podcast comparing yourself to Morgan Freeman? No, I haven't yet. Um, if if this thing goes any longer, I'm, that, that picture's going to be Frederick Douglass. <laughs> so you know who that is, don't you, DJ? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you up on your African American history? Absolutely. I know PK is absolutely <laughs> big T. <team. laughs> Hey, you guys are awesome. Hey, do you want to pub your podcast real quick? Oh, yeah, Thorough Talk. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's been fun. It's about uh, storytelling. It's about uh, just a conversation with people about their lives, and, and you know, hopefully other people can enjoy that conversation and learn from it. We had Jim Aron, um, Tony Fee now. We have Frank Layden. We've got uh, Dick Vitale next week. And uh, so it's just been fun for me to just have conversations with people and then pull out of those stories some some nice gems that people can learn from, some motivating, inspirational stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, wherever people get their podcasts, they can uh, – I, I partner with KSL, and they can go on Apple or wherever they get their, their podcasts and check it out. There's a new episode every Tuesday, and uh, then we'll have Dick Vitale on next week. You know, for people who came in at the end of this segment, did you know every segment in our show is available at 1280thezone.com, at Spotify, at where else, Yach? Stitcher? Apple Podcasts, Google Play, everywhere. Wow, you're competing with yourself, Thurl. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> there you go. You're always winning. All right, hey, Thurl, All right, guys. thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Anytime.